Let's be real. Sometimes we feel lost in a sea of unending voices, voices that are stirring up opinions on juicy topics or shouting empowerment cliches like, you got this girl, all on your own. All the while, we're mumbling to ourselves, how the heck do I live up to all that? When the only part I relate to in those words are, all on my own. But you are not alone. We can all overcome our uncertainty and doubt one cheery conversation at a time. Join author, speaker, and pastor Sunny Hennessy every Wednesday as she and a special guest engage in cheery conversations, pointing to how Jesus sheds light on every juicy topic. This is Sunny, and welcome to Cheery Conversations. Let's listen to this week's conversation. And our special guest this week is Mandy Wilkie. Mandy is a busy mama of three kiddos and has spent the last two years in what she would call survival mode. She has had quite a few changes and challenges the last two years of her life, but has found joy in embracing those challenges, even if they are way out of her comfort zone. On today's episode, we'll be talking with Sunny and Mandy about embracing new seasons of life, even when they're unexpected. And what I am looking forward to the most of this episode is it's gonna be real talk. Real so talk. there will be no sugarcoating anything. <laughs> Uh, in your bio, you use the words survival mode. And I think our listeners mm. and viewers can relate to that phrase for a lot of different reasons. So what did that, what is survival mode? What did that mean for you? Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. Um, I, first of all, I want to say is like at no point did I feel like I wasn't going to make it to the other side uh, through my process. But the divorce process that I went through was long. Um, it was painful, obviously. Um, I lost a job in the middle of it, so I decided to start a business. Um, so there was just a lot of angles of surviving, whether it was becoming a single mom, um, whether it was starting the new business, whether it was buying a house, whether it was learning the finances, just um, really kind of embracing all the new things I had to learn and manage them. And I'm still learning, mm -hmm. right? I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. So nothing that was going to like keep me down and out for long, but definitely some trials along the way and some learning curves. And also came some great appreciation for other areas of my life that I didn't really contribute to or pay attention to in my marriage or in those 16 years that I in turn could reflect on and be more grateful after I realized those were gone. I know from watching you go through this whole process, because I've known you from before the divorce yep. and then got to know you along the way. I think what you've done is that you didn't try to be super graceful through it. You were just honest. And I think in your honesty, it comes across that you went through it gracefully, that you could admit, I'm mad right now at him. <laughs> I'm mad at myself, the situation. I'm mad at God. Like mm -hmm. you didn't try to sugarcoat it. Right that, you know, I'm just really believing God has a plan. You're like, this sucks. <laughs> and like, what is the that, plan? Yeah. What is the plan? Yeah. yeah, the reality is that you help people even now to face it because you came out on the other side, but you came out swinging. You didn't come out wilted or like lying to yourself that that was easy. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to find your strength. Um, I kind of say, uh, I use the word joy carefully because to choose joy, yes, it's a choice, but it can be hard, mm -hmm. right? So I didn't want to be the person that just walked around and was like, oh, I choose joy today, because um, it's not real. Um, mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're really being real, it's hard sometimes. Um, I did give myself kind of the rule of 12. 
Um, so 12 hours, oh. I could be broken or depressed or sad or angry or whatever it was. And then I needed to pick myself back up. Wow. Um, because y if you don't put a timeline on it, one day can turn into two and two mm -hmm. days can turn into three and that turns into a week or a month. And, um, and just really trying to not necessarily glorify the process, but be okay sharing in the process and, and being okay with my feelings, but then also recognizing that there was a deeper calling to what I had to get through for myself and my kids. Yeah, mm -hmm. the, I've never heard that before, the rule of 12. But, be, because that, yeah. what that says to me is, even if you were to say like, I give myself three months, what that says in, when I hear that is I have three months to mourn and grieve, which seems probably normal, right. but then I can never go back to this or think about it or struggle after those three months. But 12 hours makes me think you gave yourself permission to have another 12 hours next week or next month. And that's a reality. It is. And I couldn't give myself, I mean, I was a single mom starting a new business. I couldn't give myself days, right? <laughs> so it was like, okay, if I'm having a bad day, then for the next 12 hours, I'm going to do whatever it takes. If it's lay in bed for the day, or if it's go for a walk, or if it's to meet with a friend for coffee, or if it's to dive into work, but whatever that 12 hours looked like, and then I needed a reset button. And so sometimes good. it worked to like go to bed and wake up, and there was an eight to 10 hour span, which was good. But if you give yourself kind of that, like, this is the maximum time that I'm gonna allow to be down and out, and then you have to pick yourself up. And if you can't do it for yourself, you do it for the other people that are depending mm, on you. I love that. I think that goes way beyond yeah. divorce. That's yeah, way beyond, that's, that's just life. Like mm -hmm. people who, I mean, depression is real, mm -hmm. but if we could say when we're having those times or we've been living in it, I get, I get four more hours than this. I've spent yeah. two months in this, now I give myself four more hours. But then when I get out of it, if I fall into that again, I give myself 12 hours. I think that's incredible. Yeah. Well, and sometimes it's really like defining something that you enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And I would say, okay, I enjoy going for a run, right? So in 12 hours, no matter what I'm feeling, I'm going for a run. And if I had to lay my gear out to be ready to do it and force myself to do it, there was no time that I was disappointed that I did it. You can look at it as a small victory, yeah. right? I did it, I didn't want to, I feel better, you know, whatever it is. So giving yourself kind of that permission to be like, it might need to be something they really enjoy doing, so therefore I want to do it at the end of 12 hours mm -hmm. or I'm gonna force myself and I know I'll come out better on the other mm -hmm. side. Yeah, I, I love, love that. that. I was gonna ask you, like, how did you, how do you fight those feelings of like, the poor me, because really it is poor. Like yeah. it's a really hard situation. So how how would you fight that? But I love what you said, like just finding something that you enjoy and then physically putting it in front of you. So laying out your running clothes. Yeah. That right. is such great advice, yeah. Yeah. such great advice. And I think too is like um, what I wanted my kids to see. So what was I gonna mm -hmm. allow them to see for a period of time? Because I was okay with them seeing me sad or defeated or broken because I'm also human and I need them to know it's okay to not have it all together all the time mm -hmm. or to struggle all the time. But I think knowing that I couldn't let them see me for too long mm -hmm. has also helped them know that they can't live in their pain or fear or discomfort for too long either. Like, so, let's just make it the thing that you get a few hours, whatever that is for you, and then we got to snap out mm -hmm. of it. It's like yeah. you're talking about going between yeah. selfish, which sometimes we need to be selfish yep. to get okay. Yeah. To, to then be able to be selfless. Because if I'm not, and, and I don't even think that we need to label it selfish, but if I'm not self-focused and self-aware and I get self-help 
for myself from Jesus and from just giving myself permission, I can't become selfless later. So many people are on the verge of being selfless all the time, and they're actually not selfless Mm -hmm. at all because they're strung out and hate their life, so they can never be fully selfless and think of others. I love that, such a cool rhythm. Thanks. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about um, how other areas of your life probably changed. You know, when, being in a a marriage, a married couple, you have like a group of probably friends that um, are are friends with you and maybe you met them because you were married. So did you find your circle changed and how, how did you, how did you navigate that? Yeah. I mean, that was difficult. It was very difficult. People that had been friends of mine for eight to 10 years, it changed very quickly. Um, Whether it was a dynamic of these were friends of ours as a couple and we did everything as a couple to, well, maybe I didn't confide in some of those people in, in um, the suck of what was going on. And then they felt bad because I couldn't come to them. Um, when really the, the reality is, is that I think I had to come to terms with the decision on my own. So sometimes that was a perceived thing from my friends is that I didn't come to them and, and use them as a resource. And really it was the opposite. It was, I don't want them to feel like I'm portraying what's going on with me and their marriage. Mm-hmm. I also never wanted people to come to me and, and not be able to talk to me about their marriages, um, good or bad for years. That's what friends do. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I felt bad if people didn't want to share good things because of what I was going through. Mm -hmm. So that dynamic changed. It was hard for me. Um, I also needed to find kind of my tribe of people that have been through what I was going through carefully. Um, and I, and I think I've done a good job with that is, um, you do want to be around other people that have walked the path, but you don't want to live in the past. Mm. Um, I want to live in the next chapter. Yeah. So I want to be able to talk to people about their experience, but not live in it not not live in what we can't change um, and just kind of control what we can going forward. So um, it's been hard. It's been hard to find that group of people. Um, it's been hard not to feel like the extra person at the couples events. Um, it's been hard to have conversations that were conversations prior to my divorce. Like I still have kids. I'm still a mom. Yeah. I still have teenagers. Yeah. I still have but I think oftentimes people think they need to talk to you about just the divorce. Hmm. Um, so I remember being in the grocery store and seeing someone and I know they saw me and um, they turned and went the other way. And then I saw them again in the next aisle and they turned and went the other way. And I was like, I wanted to go grab the little microphone and be like, I see you, girl. <laughs> you like, know me. You know me. We've been friends a lot. But, but I realized that you do have to be able to let go of some of those and they're a season in your life. Yeah. And our, our friendships change because of our kids and the schools they go That's to true. and the things they're involved in. And instead of labeling it as a season of these were my friends pre-divorce and post-divorce, it's just a season. So good. It's just a season. Well, and I feel like you can be oversensitive me? In these such not you. Oh, no, because like, how dare you? I am a sensitive. I'm, sensitive. I'm like I'm saying you as in yeah. all of us. Yeah. It, when you're going through a divorce, when you're going through something like a miscarriage, yeah. you can become so hypersensitive yes. that you think I, I they won't talk to me because they're pregnant. And right. I can't tell them I had a miscarriage because right. then they'll, they'll feel sad. bad. They'll right. feel sad. Or they'll it's my joy and their suck, yes. if you will. And you don't wanna but, th- but that's not true. Yeah. The person that had the miscarriage, you know, I wouldn't wish divorce upon anybody. Yeah. And mine was somewhat manageable, right? I mean, it's mm. still hard, no matter what, how you you slice it. But um, you wouldn't wish miscarriage upon anybody, right? And you want people to share their joy and their because you don't want to live in darkness all yeah. the time. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So we have to 
quit being, which is hard because you're going yeah. through all these emotions. So now you have to control that one emotion of being hypersensitive. Like you said that maybe we're not friends because now I'm divorced. When really you can say, it's just a new season. It's a new season. Because even without a divorce, without a miscarriage, without any trauma, mm -hmm. there are seasons for friendships that just die out. Right. And I love that you point that out. Just look at it as a season, not as a, this is just more to the trauma. Right. Because the truth is, is that besides the label of divorce, I also became the label of single mom, became yeah. the label mm -hmm. of homeowner, became the label of um, a business owner. So my seasons all changed. Yes. So why just focus on the one and not say, well, maybe my friendship changed because I, I bought a business and nobody knows what that like it like unless they're a business owner, yeah. right? So just focusing on some of the positives instead of just the negatives yeah. from it is the, the goal. Mm -hmm. Well, great. you've done great. Okay, tell, tell us this. So in the midst of all this you're going through, yeah. you have this idea of owning a business. What, what, what was going through your head? Like, what were you like <laughs> thinking when that um, came, came to your mind? Yeah, well, it wasn't all my idea. It was definitely a God incidence, um, how I landed in the position that I'm in of buying the business. Um, really, it was a financial thing for me. Um, and it was something that allowed me to, I wanna say it eloquently, uh, it allowed me to see what my potential ability was mm -hmm. and my potential earning was and my flexibility was without somebody else having their thumb on it. Mm -hmm. I had recently lost a job that I was pretty good at. I felt like I was pretty good at. Um, and I was like, wait a second, like this can happen. I can just mm -hmm. show up for work one day and all of a sudden lose my job. Mm -hmm. Like, what is that? I, I can't have that. I can't, now I'm the only income winner in my house. I can't have that. Yeah. So um, the idea of the business kind of happened and um, definitely a God incidence how the, the stars aligned and I got into the industry that I'm in. Um, but with that, I don't think there was maybe more than three people in my corner that said, this is a great idea. You should buy a business in the middle of a divorce, um, you know, while you're moving, while you're raising three kids, while you're learning all of um, I was married to a financial planner. So um, one of the things that my biggest takeaway is I didn't really appreciate all he did mm. financially for our, our family. And it took me a while to realize that until I had to do it myself mm. and realize, okay, yeah, this is a lot. <laughs> um, so, you know, so I, that's a takeaway for me in a positive way. Like I didn't appreciate him the way mm. I should have. Yeah. Um, but what that did do is I also had to learn that personally and then professionally on top of it. Mm -hmm. So like, just might as well hit me hard with it all. <laughs> um, but but not many people believed that it was a good choice for me. Mm -hmm. And there doesn't was, help you had it does very not few help. cheerleaders. Very few, those cheerleaders are my biggest advocates still today. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones that said, you have to do this. Mm -hmm. And by the way, everybody that said you couldn't, you can just wave at them as you continue yeah. to, to ride the roller coaster. And it's been a roller coaster. <laughs> it's not all joy and rainbows, but it has allowed me flexibility with my kids. Um, I get to be part of their life. Uh, I don't have to worry about, if, if my job isn't done right, the only person that reflection is a reflection of that is on me. Mm. Like I can't blame anyone else for not showing up yeah. or the extra shift. Um, I control my destiny with that. If I don't work, I don't get paid. Mm. Um, and if I do my job well, it just leads to the, the extra benefits. Mm. So it was scary. Um, it's gotten easier now. I'm a year and a half in. Um, it doesn't mean it's all sunshine and rainbows. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard, but it's my, it's become my, livelihood and it's become my passion and my kids are very involved in what I do. Cool. It, it allows me to be in the community. Um, and, and without getting in too much of detail of what I do, I basically tell stories about people's lives is, is a big part of my job. And I remember one of my friends say, 
saying to me, so while you're in misery, you're going to write about everybody else's highlight reel. Highlight reel. <laughs> and I was like, yep. yep. <laughs> and they're like, why would you do that to yourself? Yep. And I remember thinking to myself, well, if I can't be in the highlight reel right now, maybe it would just be better mm. to be involved in someone's. Wow. Right? And just seeing it and saying, okay, like what? I'm not missing out on this life. There's hope for this life. Yeah. Right? So good. Yeah. So oh, um, that's so good. Kept me going. And, you know, I'd be like, let's talk about your great life today. Yeah. And your great marriage yeah. and wonderful yeah. home. Right. And, yeah. Congratulations. But you know what? Look yeah. at how you've been an example mm-hmm. of yeah. when we do take our eyes off of ourselves after the 12 hours right. and after we've written the story. And it's a perspective change. And gosh, to get through a divorce in that way versus, I just stayed at my house for a year and my kids fended for themselves. Like, right. there's no legacy. There's no good ending right. of that. Right. And I did share this with you. I remember after Christmas this year, the first Christmas was tough, right? Mm-hmm. It was tough. Um, and after Christmas, I got a text from my daughter. She'll probably kill me for sharing this. But she sent me a text and she goes, Mom, I don't know how you do it, mm-hmm. but you made it perfect. And you, you know, she could see it. So I think there's goodness too in our kids being open enough to share our struggles, not share our burdens, right? But to be like, you know what, I'm having a bad day. And And we can have a bad day. Yeah. And, um, but here's the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think those are the things for me that really put in perspective. Um, Maybe financially, it's not the big house or the fancy cars, but it's a 16 year old saying to me, I don't know how you did it. Yes. And going, okay, I'm winning. Yep. Yeah, I'm winning. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Uh, I love that. Yeah. I love how um, every piece of your story that is perceived as like uh, a loss, you just come back with a win. Yeah. And I Try. love that. That is, <laughs> yeah. that is such a good example for mm-hmm. everyone watching, for, for any of us who've gone through anything. Like mm-hmm. such a good example. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, but stay with us because when we come back, we're going to continue talking with Mandy and Sunny. Welcome back. We're here talking with Mandy and Sunny, and this conversation has been about just unexpected things that happen in your life. Um, And a little earlier in the conversation, you talked a little bit about having some shame and guilt around the divorce that you went through. Let's talk about that with Sunny a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I think anytime that you grew up in a Christian home, right, um, divorce is not expected, it's not wanted, it's not desired. Um, And the process either leading up to or through, there's a feeling of guilt, like I failed. I failed my kids, I failed my family, I failed my church. Um, So one of the things that I've always admired about you and Sean is you've told your um, pre-Jesus story, Mm -hmm. right? About your life and your decisions and how they weren't always, they they weren't perfect. Mm -hmm. Not always, they weren't perfect, right? Mm -hmm. And how God has, you know, done a miracle Mm -hmm. and come full circle in your life. So for me, I think that is something that I struggle with is I constantly feel like I have to ask for forgiveness for the same thing over and over and over again, like the failed, the the broken, the disappointment. And God doesn't really want that for us. He wants us to ask once and let go. And Sean talks about that a lot. But it's very easy to say that until you've lived in shame or guilt or, you know, whatever it is. So how is that something that you and Sean have worked through and how can you give advice to someone? I know what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I know I'm supposed to ask for forgiveness and move forward, but it's a really hard task. Yeah. So I, I don't think that we should think God expects us only to ask once. 
or he thinks we're not going to struggle with it. In fact, there's a misnomer on forgive and forget. And then when we don't forget, we think we never were forgiven or forgave Mm -hmm. ourselves. We won't forget. That's the Bible talks about forgive and forget. And that's God forgives and forgets. He literally throws it into if he can know all and remember all, he can also have the power to forget all. So he can forget. We don't forget. Mm -hmm. But we can go and ask forgiveness again. And many times we we know God's forgiven us. What we're struggling with is forgiving ourselves. And yeah. I can ask for forgiveness every single day. And he's not like, come on, quit asking. Yeah. Like, just, just do it. Just work that out. I think what helps in knowing you've moved forward is when you can start to speak out loud of your regrets mm. because it's like confession yeah. gets it out there. And right. then it's like, oh, I put it out there for all to see. But here's the thing. I think that has to come with probably years in between. So we ask forgiveness, we ask God to help us forget, we ask God to help us just at least get over those those feelings of shame mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And then there's that year, maybe it's two years or three years in that we're able to talk about it. Yeah. I didn't talk about having a baby at 15 when I was 17 or 18. Sure. That was way too close. I didn't yet know what God was gonna do in the rest of my right. life. But now when I talk about it, it's a, it feels like worlds away. So yeah. I'm not, it doesn't bring shame to me. It makes me go, God is so good. And look, I'm not even the same person. So I think when people are trying to share their shame too quick, all it does is shine a spotlight and Satan mm, then wow. uses those negative thoughts against you. So just yeah. give it time. So you time. don't need to share yet. Yeah. And you can go back to God again and again. He's never going to get sick of you. That's a promise we have. He's never sick yeah. of us. He I won't. think that's huge. I think forgiveness, asking for forgiveness from God is one thing and then truly forgiving ourselves yeah. is another. Yep. So, mm-hmm. so good. That's so good. So you have shared with us your past and what you're doing in the present and now there's this thing called the future that's ahead of you right and it's super exciting to think about but there probably are some feelings of i'm not really sure what's next or there's some things i'm a little nervous about what what is something you're you're kind of struggling with or you think might be a struggle yeah i mean besides everyday life Um, (laughs) no i think it's it's true it's a, a bit of a mind shift set for me because um, for the first two years it was the survival and the kids like mm-hmm. really focusing on what the kids need and knowing the kids that c- could see mom was okay mm-hmm. like mom's okay mom's good mom's got this mom's mom doesn't need someone else to take care of her right mm-hmm. now she's doing it for us um, so I think that mindset has now started to be like okay we're good like the business is okay the house is settled you know the kids are settled um, so one of the things that I've always struggled with is putting others before myself mm-hmm. Um, and I do believe that that was something that I, I did in my marriage. I allowed um, the kids to come first. And um, if my spouse wanted to do something, I was encouraging of that, even if my maybe was feeling a little left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a, a struggle that I had personally. I'm not saying that was his perspective, but my perspective was I was kind of down there on the list of priorities. Um, one of the messages that spoke to me so clearly that Sean said is when he talked about his five. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, whether you believe it or not or like it or not, you know, God's first, Sean is second, you're third, the kids are fourth, you know, he's got his bullet list. Um, so one of my biggest fears or concerns is how do I make sure and how does that look for me in a, in a second relationship or a second yeah. marriage? Where where do I fall? The, the chances of me being with someone that aren't going to have children are probably mm-hmm. slim, mm-hmm. right? So where do I fall in that? Do yeah. I fall behind those kids, in front of those kids? Mm-hmm. How does that work? And, and what's okay to want, where, where should I want to be? 
and where should I allow myself to be? It's a great question. And I actually was thinking last night, you know, we probably, when we say the five and the priorities, we should say mom, dad, kids, the marriage is, you know, how we wanted it to be, how it mm-hmm. should be. Then it falls in that order that the spouse goes before the kids. But in a remarriage, and I thought of this because we're watching this McDonald's documentary. Oh, and really? yes, it's very interesting. <laughs> so a plug for that, you're welcome, McDonald's. Um, it's actually about the the corruption of the, the monopoly thing. And oh, people gosh. were wrecking that. But there was a lady talking about her kids and how their stepdad took the son by the neck and was choking him. And she and I'm thinking, please finish this story with you left. Right. <laughs> and she said, he let him go. And I told my nine-year-old son, run, go out the door and run. And again, I'm still like, I hope you left. Mm-hmm. And then she said, and that was when I decided to leave. And I'm like, thank God, because from her story she shared before, she she was lonely. She didn't want to be a single mom. She didn't want to be without a spouse. So she picked a guy who was a jerk and was a stepdad. And stepdads have to have this extra amount of love. Stepmoms have to be willing to say, I'm going to love your kids so much. But it is different than the five priorities. Mm. You will always have to look out for your kids after you. So it'll be God. It'll be Mandy. It will be your kids. Because in the next marriage, until you've built that trust and you see that this guy is all that you waited for, because you're not just going to I know you, you're not just gonna get into a relationship to not be lonely and to have the help. He's gotta earn that because this is different. Mm -hmm. And this is why we know divorce is so complicated because now, you know, you can't expect that if he has kids, you are number three. Right. Because he also needs to look out for them because what if you don't really like his kids and you're struggling to really love them and care for them and communicate with them. So it does change it. Yeah. Your kids then have to be the next below you. And then when they're good, then you guys can focus on each other. How do you do that? I think you have a lot of communication prior to marriage, in the engagement, after you're married, maybe the check-ins. And I love family meetings. How much more important would it be for you to have his kids, your kids, and you guys and say, how's it going? Well, she always is bullying me. You know, yeah. like you need your kids to have a safe space and then you could say to each other, you know, guys, we're so focused on you. We're not dating. We want this marriage to go right. Right. So, I mean, when did communication and over communication ever get in the way? Right. It didn't. Right. I think that's how you do it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I think the beauty for me is um, because my ex is in a relationship and they do have this blended family feel, I've gotten to see the other side of it a little differently. Um, and in good, there's good and bad and all of the above. But hopefully I can take that and learn from yes, it yes. Um, going forward and how we do this blended family thing when it yeah, happens. Yeah, because so. it'll happen. Oh, that is such a good question. Mm-hmm. Like how many people <laughs> wanted to ask that? that. <laughs> yeah. Because it's a hard conversation. Mm-hmm. You don't ever want to feel like you're being selfish or not loving enough right. or not selfless enough. So great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, this whole conversation has been amazing. Yes, thank you. Um, and we're talking about unexpected life change. Mm -hmm. And for Mandy, that was divorce. And for some people, it could be the loss of a job. It could be a death of a family member. It could be having to move. So these unexpected things are unexpected. We can't necessarily see what they're going to be. Mm -hmm. But is there a way to prepare for something that's unexpected? I think the behind the scenes, the time you have with yourself and with Jesus, 
you always have to know that's preparing you for something that could hit because the enemy is looking to hit you as quick as he can, <laughs> especially when you're not looking. So, and there's times we're not looking, we're right. not prepared, but it is preparing myself that uh, I am good. I'm good with Jesus. I'm good. I mean, there's a song we sing at Life Church, and it wrecked me the first couple times because I was singing it, and then I went, okay, now mean it, Sonny. Like, if more of you means less, less of me, me take, take everything. everything. Well, yeah. then when I started to say take everything, I thought, hold on. Not at all. I don't mean my kids. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean my husband. Yeah, right. I don't mean my health. Mm -hmm. Hmm. But but I had to wrestle with that because I thought I actually don't mean everything. No, nope. <laughs> I don't mean everything. Time out. Time out. Re rewrite the song. Yes, yes. <laughs> I need you to just take a little that yeah. I don't want. Right. But I have to like God. Would I still love you, serve you, mm -hmm. and survive if you took my kids? Right. Yes. Yep. That's 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 terrible to think about. Mm -hmm. But yes, and I think we have to get there. Wow. And I'm do. glad that you had Jesus before you started to go through this because I think that's why you did come out. You 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 don't look like everything went perfect, but yeah. you came out on the other side with joy. And so many don't, but they never had anything backing up right the the trauma. And it doesn't mean that it went perfectly. No. Um, I and I think I shared with you my literal come to Jesus conversation, mm -hmm. um, where I went for a walk one day. I was in a business meeting and I started to cry. <laughs> mm -hmm. The the guy said something, and he actually goes to this church. It was so funny, <laughs> and we didn't end up partnering. But I just I was a train wreck. <laughs> Um, and I left that meeting and I'm like, I just need to get myself together. And I remember walking on the trail. I remember right where I was. I remember going to my knees, which I don't do often. Mm. I admit it. I, I pray a lot, but I don't drop to my knees. Mm. And I remember the tree that I sat by and I remember saying, I know you don't give me more than I can handle, but right now I'm pretty sure I can't handle anymore. Yeah. So this is just a little friendly reminder. <laughs> um, this is my literal come to Jesus moment that I'm done. Yeah. Like I'm broken, I'm defeated. If you needed me to come to you and share this with you, here I am, mm. take it all wow. and let's go. And things started to turn after that. Mm. Um, so yeah. Just being real, even mm -hmm. with God. We know yeah. he knows everything, but sometimes right. we uh, have to. It's almost like he needed me to say, say it. Say it out loud. Yeah, be yeah. like, mm, I know it's in there, but I just need you to admit it because you don't admit when you're wrong very yeah. often, girl. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. thanks for your honesty. You you're amazing. Yeah. yeah Thank like, you. Being real yes. is so helpful for people walking through something similar to what you walked through, but really just walking through an unexpected change in their life or season. And having something unexpected doesn't mean it has to be like the end. Oftentimes it's the door that opens to something that you wouldn't have expected. Yeah, and right. so mm -hmm. having that back up of your faith of having Jesus with you um, really helps you move along. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for sharing. Mm -hmm. And thank you guys so much for being a part of this conversation. If you want to connect with me, I would love that. I'd love to know maybe what you want to hear on the show. I think this was super valuable. We'd love to know if you have an idea for a show or someone to be on the show. Connect with me at SunnyHennessy.com and we'll, we'll communicate. I'd love that. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cheery Conversations. You can be a part of the conversation. Leave us a one minute voicemail at the link found in the show notes and send us your thoughts. You might hear your voice on a future episode. You can also connect with Sunny and her guests by going to sunnyhennessy.com. If this episode helped you in any way, please let us know and then share it with your friends, family, neighbors, and whoever. Word of mouth is the best way for people to find out about this podcast. It would also be really helpful if you leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening. See you next week.